we are talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus the messenger today. Last week we began a series on the fourfold Jesus. The four different, not the four, there are more than that, but four different aspects of Jesus presented throughout the entire Bible. Not just the New Testament, but throughout the entire Bible. He has revealed himself to us in several ways, as, as different things that he does, and different purposes that he has, and different kind of entities. Of course, we have Jesus, divine creator, and then Jesus, the human, and we have, we'll talk about another couple as we go through. Last week, we talked with Jesus about Jesus, the creator. Fully divine is the point that I wanted to make last week. Instrumental in the creation of all things, including, right, you and me. And he continues to uphold us, upholding all creation by the word of his power, even now, this very minute, we owe our existence to Jesus. Now, in this divine entity, the second person of the Godhead we briefly touched on last week, Jesus, this entity, the core, we see the core of human religious pursuit. Humans have always strived, this is a biblical principle too, for more than just the mundane. When I say mundane, I mean just ordinary, right? Ordinary life stuff. Humans look for more. God has put that in our hearts to seek something greater. We know, or at least suspect, as a species, that there's more to this life than just what we can touch and taste and, and see and feel. All, humans religion, all human religions then try to answer three basic questions. Is there a creator or creators? Has this creator revealed itself? And how can we be sure that any specific message is from the creator? That is, this is the core of religion, these three questions. This is what we're looking for as a species. Who made us? Do we know about this entity? And did this message, has this entity given us any messages? Has this entity talked to us in any way? And of course, Jesus is the answer to all three of these questions. We look at Jesus, the creator, last week. This week, we look at Jesus, the messenger, who is revealing the creator to the creator. That's us, revealing our maker to us. Now, we briefly have to touch on this word angel, from which, of course, we get our English word from the Greek word meaning messenger, angelos. Retroactively, in our, in our Bibles, this has been applied to the Hebrew word malak, which also means messenger, which is also translated angel, which makes no sense why they're translating it angel. It doesn't even have the same Hebrew sounds, but we're taking the Greek one that we've made up a word and then retroactively applying it to the Old Testament word. Messenger or representative. These heavenly beings, of course, primary purpose seems to be delivering messages. As we think about Gabriel delivering the message to Mary and Joseph, we can think about several angels have delivered delivering messages to Daniel in the book of Daniel. And so the Hebrew writer, as we think about Jesus, the messenger, begins his letter of Hebrews, emphasizing that Jesus is the best version of a heavenly messenger. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He, became, uh, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. We read that last week. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Jesus is the creator, right? Through whom he created all things, he upholds the universe. 
became Jesus the messenger. He has spoken to us. God has spoken to us by his son. And he is superior than all the angels. Now, in this context, it's fairly clear he's talking about supernatural spiritual angels. To just generic messenger, because we're going to keep reading in Hebrews 1. But he is superior to the prophets, who are also messengers, right? One sent by God to deliver a message. He's better than them too. Better than the angels, better than the prophets. He is the supreme messenger. What has he spoken to us? Well, he's spoken to us. We'll talk about that as we go through. And again, what message did he deliver without speaking? These are the questions we're going to talk about as we go through this lesson. What has he spoken to us? And what message did he deliver without speaking? We keep reading in Hebrews, verse 7. Hebrews 1, 7. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the sun, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has appointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Now, again, as the Hebrew writer is making this comparison between spiritual divine angels and Jesus, the Son, what is he revealing? He has revealed righteousness and wickedness. That is the message that God, that Jesus has revealed. God has revealed it to us through the Son. What is righteousness? What is wickedness? What does God expect of us? Now, this is a work that began in the Old Testament and continues through today. This is a work that has been part of this entity, Jesus. Of course, again, we use the word Jesus because that's what we call him in the New Testament, but he wasn't called that, of course, in the Old Testament. But this is a work that I think this being has done in the Old Testament. Exodus 3, 2 through 5, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of the bush, and he looked, behold, the bush was, not burn was burning, it was not consumed. Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. And he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. The place where the angel of the Lord was holy ground. This divine messenger who is going to give Moses what message? Moses, I have a job for you. You're going to go and you're going to save my people, my people, God's people from Egypt. Of course, Moses, we know as we go through the stories, ah, I don't really want to do that. Ah, I'm not very good at speaking. Uh, what am I going to tell them? Uh, why would they believe me? And then finally at the end, I don't want to. Isn't this how we respond to the message of God? This is how we respond to Jesus, the messenger. Uh, I'm not good enough to do that. If he's revealing to us what righteousness and wickedness is, what does God expect of us? God, that's too much. I can't do that. God, I don't know how to do that. God, it's just too hard to do. And then finally at the end, when God has answered all of our responses, what do we finally say? I don't want to. Because we don't. We don't want to do what Jesus has told us to do. Judges chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. This is speaking about uh, the judge Gideon. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up to, from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given to us the, into the hand of Midian. And the Lord said to him and turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. 
Do not I send you? The angel of the Lord, who we're not going to read in Judges 6, has a similar idea that Gideon has this sort of exchange with him about him being God. The angel of the Lord delivering a message to Gideon, what? Go do the thing I want you to do. Do this thing. Just like the angel of the Lord told Moses, go do this thing. What is the message that Jesus is revealing? What does God expect of us? What does he want us to do? Mark chapter 1, as we come to the life of the human Jesus, Mark 1, 14 through 15. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Do this thing. In this case, what? Repent and believe. Things that we do, we do those things. Jesus, the messenger, revealing what God expects of his creation. Romans 1, 16 through 17. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The message of the gospel. As we think about it, he says twice here, Mark chapter 1 and Romans chapter 6, 1, the idea of the gospel, the thing that Jesus came to proclaim. Jesus is both the messenger and the content of the message. It's sort of an interesting situation because he is the one who tells us what the gospel is. Originally, he comes proclaiming the kingdom of God. But then for us, he is the content of that message, isn't he? The good news of Jesus Christ. Good news given to us by Jesus Christ, but good news that is about Jesus Christ and the forgiveness and the salvation that he offers. So when we think about Jesus the messenger, this creative, like the creative work of Jesus, this aspect of his work is something beyond the scope of a mere mortal life. What do I mean by that? This is something that is beyond the 30 years of his earthly life. He does it while he's alive. But he does it now, as he says, what? I will send the comforter to you, and he will deliver the message to you that I deliver to him, that I receive from the Father. This message that the apostles then deliver to us, the Bible that you hold in your hands, is a product of Jesus, the messenger. Both Old and New Testaments. Why? What is the point of this work? Again, we're thinking about the point of human religion, the pursuit of something greater. We all instinctively understand that there's more going on than just I wake up and I go to work and I make my food and I use the bathroom and I teach my kids and I play in the park and I do these things of life, mundane life. Some things enjoyable, some not. But we all get there's more. We all, I think, instinctively grasp for more than that. This is the point of this work. Jesus, the messenger, reveals the creator. Who made us? Why did he make us? What does he expect of us? How can I have some sort of relationship with this creator? That is what Jesus, the messenger, tells us. The message Jesus brings about the power of the creator. All the things that he made, how he made it, what he's capable of doing even now, the love of the Creator. Because this Creator didn't just make us and then sort of leave us on our own. A key part of religion is the idea that perhaps the Creator 
wants to pursue some sort of relationship with what he's made. And that's what Jesus tells us, right? God made us to love us and to be loved by us. We see that in Jesus coming to earth. We'll talk about that next week. Jesus the human. But we see it in his message as well. The expectations of the creator. What, is, what does God want us to do? Well, for Moses, Jesus told him to do what? Go save my people. For Gideon, the message was the same. Go save my people. For us, repent and believe in the gospel. Repent, for the kingdom of hand is it here. But you know what else is uh, our expectation? To go save his people. That's what we are told to do. To go save God's people. Who are God's people? All people are God's people. In the grasp of slavery and submission and subjection to an enemy. Like the people were in Egypt, subjected to slavery. Like the people were in Gideon's day, subjected to Israel's enemies. The people that we're pursuing and saving, what enemy are they slaves to? The God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, Satan, our adversary, our expectation is to bring them this message. The message of the creator, of his love, and ultimately of his hope. The hope that is revealed in Christ, which we talk about every Sunday when we participate in this meal. What are we remembering? The hope of the message. That even though I can't do everything the Creator wants me to do, He's provided for me a way to be saved anyway. To have forgiveness and redemption and, and to be loved by the One who made me. Hebrews 2, 1-4, through 4, we'll end with this. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard. What's the message that we've heard? The message that has been proclaimed through Jesus. Right? The gospel, the good news. Pay much closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, the angels delivering the message, much of the Old Testament delivered through angels, of course, and then prophets. Again, angels, we have a sort of a double meaning here. The angels, the spiritual beings, but also the angels, just the messengers of God, the prophets who we talked about in chapter 1. Since their message proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, what does he mean there? Think about all the things in the old law about if you do this sin, this is the consequence. If you do this sin, this is the consequence. If you don't listen to the law, this is the consequence. If you disobey, this is what the problem is. How shall we escape if the inferior message delivered by the inferior messengers was reliable and had provisions for justice and punishment, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? What's the salvation? The message delivered by the Son. How shall we escape if we neglect it? What's the implication? We will not escape. It was declared at first by the Lord. It was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. This is the carrying forward of Jesus the messenger after his earthly life, right? He declared it to the Lord, declared it to those who heard. They declared it to us. That is the Bible that you hold in your hand, the declaring of the message. Down this chain, attested to by wonders and miracles, given witness by the power of God, ultimately, so what? So we would pay attention 
to it. Because if you ignore it, then you will not be saved. Isn't that the point? The creator has not left his creation, us, to just figure it out for ourselves. He's not left us to fend for ourselves. He has revealed who he is and what he wants. You and I have the answers to the deepest questions of humanity. And isn't that something to be thankful for? It is. It's something to be thankful for. That I have the answers to life's deepest mysteries. Where I came from. Why am I here? Where am I going? What am I supposed to do? What is my purpose? I know those things. Because Jesus told me. So I don't have to doubt. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to be in dissatisfaction. I don't have to have the general malaise that so much of the world is in because they do not have those answers. I don't have to worry about any of that. But at the same time, that understanding, that knowledge puts a responsibility on me, right? To do what he said to do. And like Moses and like Gideon, I might come up with excuse after excuse after excuse. But at the end of the day, I'm either going to do it or I'm not. To do what the message says or to reject it. My hope, as we offer the invitation, maybe you haven't heard the full message of the gospel. We can't relay all of it, but we can relay the basics. That you're lost and sinful. That you need salvation. Jesus came and lived a perfect life for you to have that salvation. Died for your sins. And if you're willing to respond to him as he has said. To repent. To turn from your old life. To be united with him in immersion. To confess your sins. You can have that salvation. Very basic gospel message. Maybe you have more questions than that. About different aspects of this message that have been revealed. We'd love to study with you, wouldn't we? Raise your hand if you'd be willing to study with somebody about the truth of the message. Look at around, all these hands. Any ignorance is on you because there are avenues of teaching available. Maybe that's what you need. Come while we stand and sing.